Okay, today on Connecting Minds podcast, I have the pleasure of interviewing Ryder Lee. He's the host of the awesome uh, podcast Raised by Giants, uh, it, which provides a platform from which philosophers, researchers, spiritual teachers, authors, contactees, experiencers, channelers, and UFO researchers can come together and communicate their studies, observations, thoughts, ideas, reflections, and research, infusing them into common everyday knowledge with new understandings of life and the universe. Ryder Lee of Raised by Giants will be digging deep into these topics, interviewing and hosting an ever-growing number of people, searching for a deeper understanding and truth. And that is really, really true because like I find myself listening and re-listening to uh, some of the interviews on your podcast, Ryder. Uh, for example, today and oh, th this week, I've been re-listening to all the interviews with Shane Sidor. Like I really find mm -hmm. that dude fascinating. But I anyway, Shane, yeah. welcome to the show, bro. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks so much, my friend. I appreciate you. I'm glad we finally got to do this. We did a few trial runs. I'm yep. looking at those as uh, trial runs, and now we're finally here and we get to speak. So <laughs> thanks for inviting yeah. me. I appreciate you. Absolutely, bro. Um, I think let's start with your story. It's quite interesting. I I, I think it's worth uh, spending some time just to give the listeners a bit, little bit of a, your background how and maybe you can infuse into that story how you, you got to researching the topics that your podcast is about, maybe give give the listeners a little bit of a, a taster for what what all your research is all about, please. Well, ever since I can remember, I questioned this reality and this construct that we were in, and I was like, "What are we doing here? What am I doing here? What's what's going on?" Everything seemed really weird. Like everyone was super fake, and no one could answer any of my questions. You know, like everybody else was in the same boat that I was, you know, everyone else was thinking, Oh, well, what's happening here? Why are we here? What are we doing? You know? And I would ask people, you know, just simple questions about our reality and they not even about our reality, just like social issues, just how you're supposed to act, what you're supposed to do, you know, and they didn't have adequate answers for my questions. And this was when I was really young, like four or five, six years old, you know, and it kind of evolved. And when I was really young, I would see translucent beings come out of my walls at night and, and surround me the, at the, at the most I would see is like eight of them at a time. Mm -hmm. And I told my parents about it and my parents were like, Oh, well, blah, 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 blah. Some, probably something wrong with you. So they took me to an eye doctor. The eye doctor was actually really cool. The eye doctor was kind of like, yeah, maybe he's just kind of, you know, has a different kind of vision or whatever. And he gave me this little flashcard with these little um, bullseyes on him. Bullseyes within bullseyes. It was like circles within circles within circles. And he was like, come back to me when you can make that circle pop up off of the flashcard. And later on, I realized that that was my third eye. Like when, when you're able to see things in a different kind of way, that's like your third eye. So I discovered that, you know, I kind of, came into my came into this reality with my third eye open and that's why I was able to perceive these uh translucent beings coming mm. out of the wall. Now they never did anything to me, they never touched me, they never hurt me. 
or anything. They would just get really close to me. So I, I felt like it was some kind of observation. They were just trying to observe me in some sort of way. So then I stopped talking about that because I didn't want to, you know, get, I was smart enough not to get involved with the doctors and because we know where all that leads, it leads to medication. It leads to some sort of, uh, you know, psych ward or some kind of nonsense later on in your life, you know, if you keep talking about it. So I stopped talking about it, but then some other things started popping up. I would get like psychic like knowings whenever I was a child. And none of this is new. Like, I, I feel like that, you know, every child has these kinds mm. of abilities, right? It's nothing special toward me. I wasn't special at all. I just yeah. think that some people can tap into them more and understand what's going on better. And some can't, you know, some people mm-hmm. see demons and crazy ghosts and uh, disincarnated spirits and they're, you know, being a medium later on in life. And some people don't, you know, but I think that we all have that ability. So I'm not special in that regard. So I would get, you know, some psychic intuitive kind of things growing up. I would be able to predict things that were going to happen before they would happen. Now, this wasn't anything big. It was just like things going on in my personal life. It wasn't any like events or anything. It wasn't like, uh, you know, uh, 9-11 is going to happen on nothing like that. It was just, you know, uh, simple, small things. Like I would be able to know who was coming to the door without looking to see who was at the door i would be able to predict the next song that was going to come onto the radio before that song came on and i had a really good track record with that like i was like hitting it right off and it got to the point where my mom wouldn't even listen to the radio when we were in the car she would just turn it off completely you know because it kind of freaked her out and i understand that i was from a very small town you know a very you know, conservative Christian town, which there's nothing wrong with being uh, conservative, but that's just the the town that I was in, you know, so you couldn't really talk about these things. So later on, that kind of shut down within me because of the social aspect of it. And then uh, when I was around 13 or so, I watched the film Zeitgeist in 2008 uh, that really answered a lot of my questions because I was kind of raised Christian. Well, I wasn't raised Christian. I decided to go down the Christian route because my mom, she was an atheist. She was a self-proclaimed atheist and she didn't, uh, she kept stating over and over again that she didn't believe in anything. And I wanted to be rebellious toward her. So I got involved in the church and all that. And just despite her to be a rebel, you know, yeah, Yeah, yeah. everyone does that with their parents. So I watched the film Zeitgeist and that really just kind of blew me wide open. You know, the beginning of that film, you know, talks about religion and how religion is basically a bunch of nonsense and that there were several characters throughout mythology that had the exact same background as Jesus. He was born of a virgin birth, had 12 followers, you know, and, and all that performed miracles or several of those previous religions before Christianity ever became a religion that had that exact same characteristics of Jesus. So I'm like, okay, well, this makes much more sense now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm spinning the wheels. And then I talked, the second part was about 9-11 and how 9-11 was, you know, um, supposed inside job which that made a lot of sense to me too. And then the third part was about the monetary system and how we're just playing with paper money. Like the money isn't real because there is no gold backing it. Uh, There is no gold in the federal reserve in the United States anymore. So it's just paper monopoly money. Yeah. So that started my, you know, my wheels turning and then 
I kind of let that go for a little bit, but it was always in the back of my head. And then around, around 16 or 17, I, you know, would lay down in my bed at night and then I would just get all kinds of information just flooding into me and uh, about our reality, how everything is, you know, working, that there's other dimensions, that there's uh, different parallel timelines, you know, and, and mind you, I, I didn't, wasn't listening to any of this stuff. It was just, it was just coming to me from yeah. some place else. I think maybe an infinite data field because I believe that we're constantly surrounded by information. Like that's just in the ether. It's just mm. all around us all the time, not just through the computer or our telephones or the news or TV or any of that. I think that there's an infinite data field that's around us that if we can tap into, it actually holds and stores all of the information. Yeah. So I was getting that and I was trying to also explain that and it, uh, you know, people weren't getting it. They weren't understanding me because it was, you know, kind of advanced. It was, you know, for, yeah. for them, at least it was advanced for them at that time, because again, there were Christians, there's more churches in my town than there was anything else, right? Churches, <laughs> banks, and pizza places. That's yeah. all the town basically was. So I was trying to explain this to people. I'm like doing like little diagrams. I'm like trying to show people that we're in a 3D reality and there's like the 4D, the 5D, the 6D, 7D, and it's all stacked on top of each other. And I just thought that I was weird and crazy. And and uh, so then I shut that down. So then I didn't have an outlet to talk to anybody about. And then it just all, all the information just kind of collapsed in upon itself. Because if you don't have human connection, if you don't have people to talk to about these things, especially in this community. If you don't have that outlet to be able to speak about things that your thoughts and your ideas and your beliefs, then it just implodes upon itself. You don't yeah. have a healthy outlet to get those things out yeah. onto. Right. Yeah. So it all kind of implode. And then I went down kind of a dark path with, uh, with drugs and stuff. I got in, in the drugs heavy there for a while. Cause I was just trying to shut it down. You mm. know, I thought that something was wrong with me. So I just wanted it to kind of go away. You know, I thought mm. something was wrong with my brain, that that I was weird, that I was crazy, that I, you know. Mm. <clears throat> so then I got out of that and uh, I got clean and sober. I've been uh, clean and sober now for three years. And then I was like, okay, well, you know, let's let's just start this, you know, this, this podcast. Let's, let's do this thing because I've collected a lot of knowledge over the years and I was started listening to other people in the community and I'm like, Hey, I could be doing this just as good as any of these other hosts and any of these other people that have these um, yeah. individuals on the talk and ha have expanding conversations and thought provoking ideas and uh, just expanding your awareness. Right. Totally. So that's really where, where it started and it started out with just me interviewing my friends. You know, I just, in the first like i don't know 10 videos or maybe five or at least the first couple were all from people that i knew personally like my friend Anne, my friend yeah. scott uh davajit his wife you know it was people that i knew personally that i'd met and because they were into spiritual ideas and spiritual thought forms and i needed to you know start somewhere so that's where it started and then it just kind of evolved into things that I was interested in. And now it's uh, just become to be, you know, something different to where 
I because I study each individual that I bring on my show. Like I do a lot of research and a lot of study to be able to ask them thought provoking questions sure. about their work. Right. Sure. Because I want to be different and ask them because a lot of people that I interview has been interviewed several times. Right. Mm-hmm. And I need to be asking questions that they possibly have never yeah. gotten before. So I have to research them and uh, dig down deep into their work. And uh, if they have any books, I try and read their books, at least purchase one of their books to to read through it and Mm. dig down deep. And it's just become a integral part of my life. And another thing is, is like the honor and integrity of the community, right? Like I'm not going to bring anybody on that I think is full of crap. You know, like a lot of other uh, podcasters and, and people in the community do, you know, and I don't really fault them for that. They, they can, you know, do whatever they want. They want to put out information, you know, that's fine. But I'm not going to bring on anybody that I think is just spewing a bunch of nonsense. Right? Yeah, so true. if you're watching my show, then you know that even if some of their claims and their thoughts and ideas can't be proven, I personally believe that uh, they are legit and they're speaking some form of truth. So, yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, I've I've listened, I'll be honest, I've I've listened to some of your guests and for me, some of the stuff is a little bit too far-fetched, but I personally consider myself an actual open-minded person a lot of people say they're open-minded and this is how i i often screen people before i give them some of the stuff that i am into like let's say share one of your podcast episodes i'll ask someone are you open-minded are you are you truly open-minded and they'll be like yes check this out tell me what you think and then i'll, I'll throw like some crazy you know quote-unquote crazy thing at them and they're like oh that's bullshit you know without even listening to it i'm like oh you're not open-minded i have entertained stuff that i fully thought was batshit crazy i've entertained it and you know for example I, I, i'm not not saying i i used to think remote viewing is uh bullshit right but I, I always thought, you know, a lot of these extrasensory perception things, a lot of it, I think, is just people's own imagination. But then I listened, I forgot the name of the researchers that you've um, interviewed on your podcast about um, uh, non-local perception or remote viewing. St- Steven Swartz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have uh, his website to, to visit is like on my to-do list. Like, the way he talks about how he conducts his research, I'm like, Jesus, this is like super fucking credible. And now I'm like... Okay, so this is a this is a true phenomenon. Actually, can you give the listeners a little bit of a um, uh, kind of an intro to what is remote viewing and uh, uh, you know what what does uh, Mr. Schwartz's research uh, show about it that the, 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 it is an actual real thing? Yes, it is. And what I say to people that like yourself that may not be might not believe in it, right? Might not believe in psychic phenomenon or remote viewing or seeing things that uh, isn't immediately in their surroundings is that you don't have to believe it, right? But the government believed it. The DIA believed it. The CIA believed it. The Air Force believed it. They were running programs for almost 20 years studying 
psychic abilities, remote viewing, and ESP. Right. The and also Stanford Research Institute, Stanford Research Institute, SRI separated from Stanford in 1970 and they became known as Stanford Research Institute International, SRI International in 1973. And that's when it became funded by the CIA through Sidney Gottlieb. And but that's not the only thing back in the early 50s during the MK Ultra programs that Sidney Gottlieb was running, there were four or five sub-projects of the MK Ultra that were also studying psychic phenomenon, ESP, telekinesis, and channeling. So the CIA was funding and doing psychic research back during the uh, MK Ultra. The MK Ultra is very provable. You can look up MK Ultra. You can dig through all those declassified, 149 declassified documents of MK Ultra, and you'll learn a lot of stuff, right? People just talk about MK Ultra and put a blanket on it, but I've actually read all of the transcripts and and all the declassified documents. I know exactly what they were doing, mm-hmm. and so the CIA became began funding SRI International in 1973, and then. Army Intelligence started up their program in 1975, and then it was transferred to the DIA in 1979. It became an official special access program, and then that program ran all the way until 95, until it was supposed to be given back to the CIA, but the CIA then shut it down and said that no valuable intelligence data was ever collected from the program, which is a complete bold-faced lie. (laughs) That's a huge lie. And um, I've interviewed uh, quite a few people from the Stargate project, which that wasn't the original name for it. It went by many other code names like Sun Street, Gondola Wish, uh, a, a center lane, and there's a bunch of different code names for it, right? And they and Dell Graf decided on uh, the Stargate project in '93, I believe, and then that created a bunch of confusion because then people thought that they were actually talking about a real Stargate that you yeah, yeah. could open. Right, but yeah. it has nothing to do with that. Stargate just was just a code name created for yeah. the program to study psychics and remote viewing, and they were doing it to collect uh, intelligence information on foreign assessments. And sometimes, uh, in a few special cases, they were doing it within the United States as well. Now, as far as what remote viewing is, this is my personal opinion on what I think remote viewing is and how it works. Now. There's going to be people that disagree with me. There's going to be people that say that it's completely different, right? But this is just my personal thoughts and my ideas and my beliefs. I think that remote viewing is a separation of consciousness from the body. And this is why I believe that a lot of these remote viewers now, not the trained remote viewers, this is is a difference here. You can be trained to remote view. And you can do it pretty well, right? It's a it's a proven thing that you can do it pretty well. Now, the people that 
was that just developed these abilities and there wasn't any protocol, there wasn't any manual of telling them how to remote view the step-by-step process in order to be trained, those people, a good 90 to 95% of them had some sort of near-death experience or out-of-body experience. Mm-hmm. And I personally believe that that them having that near-death experience or that out-of-body experience unlock that ability in order for them to be able to do. And I think that that's what's going on. You're able to separate your consciousness from your physical body, and then you can take that consciousness out of your body and then see something that is not within your local perception. You can take that consciousness out to anywhere on the planet and in some cases off the planet. Right, right. There's been people that's remote viewed the moon, they've remote viewed Jupiter, they've remote viewed Mars and all that. So I don't Mm -hmm. think that there's a a limit to how far your consciousness can stretch out and you can see things that are happening here now in the past or in a lot of cases in the future. And I think that that's a very integral part of this is the separation of consciousness from the body. And I believe that that's how it was unlocked in these psychics and remote viewers in the beginning. Now, again, there's a difference between that and then being trained to do it without any out of body or uh, uh, near death experience. Mm. But from my research, the people like Ingo Swan which developed a protocol that trained a lot of the army intelligence people and the people in the DIA in the actual Stargate project. He had an out-of-body experience whenever he was younger Mm -hmm. because he was being bullied and he would be outside of his body a lot. And then there's other people that's had near-death experience. Dr. David Morehouse, which was a part of the Stargate project, had a near-death experience. Uh, Joe McMonagle also had a near-death experience that was a part of the project. So it's not uh, it's not a blanketed thing. Like You don't have to have a near-death experience or an out-of-body experience to be able to remote view. But I think in the beginning for those people that weren't trained to do it, that's how it was unlocked. Very interesting, bro. And also what you were saying earlier, if... I also believe the the there is a field or multiple fields that are all around us and inside us that contain you know the it's like a, a reality is holographic per se so maybe one way is to to get out of the body maybe another way is to basically not necessarily shut down the the physical senses but either uh, damp them down and tune into the other senses uh, that tap into the field, right? Maybe that's another way that it could be done. But um, what do you, I don't know. First of all, what, what would you would you develop that further? Maybe that thought. Well, the Monroe Institute also it's connected here between the DIA, Army Intelligence, and CIA. They were also studying a way to get outside of your body. That's what the Monroe Institute was doing. They were trying to hemisync the brain to induce a out-of-body astral experience. Right. And the CIA actually, well, Army Intelligence and the CIA both wrote reports on the Monroe Institute and gave them uh, some kind of fee to, uh, like some kind of payment to be able to 
study these out-of-body experiences. So they also thought that the out-of-body and possibly near-death, because I think that they're very similar, near-death experience and out-of-body experience, very similar. One, you don't, you're not, you know, you don't have a near-death experience, but you're still outside of your body, right? You sure. still sure. see yourself. So I believe that they thought that there was a connection there too. And I actually have those reports and the the studies and the finds that they did on the Monroe Institute. Both of them did it, Army Intelligence and uh, the CIA, both uh, investigated the Monroe Institute into these out-of-body experiences. And it's said that there were these tapes that had these frequencies on them that you would put headphones in and then it would hemisync your brain in order to uh, make you calm, make you relaxed and possibly induce an out-of-body experience. And the people at the Stargate program apparently had access to these tapes as well. So there's a, there's a huge connection there. Now to your question, I think it's possible that there, that they could be perceiving something that is, not really seeable from within themselves because the the Bible talks about the, the, you know, the, the heaven is within that, the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that you have to go within, you, you have to go within yourself. Now the Bible is an allegorical and metaphorical yeah. and astrological text. It's not yeah, a, yeah. a historical text. And I don't believe that any of the religions are historical texts. For sure, for They're sure. written allegorically and metaphorically in 100%. order for us to figure out. And all we've done is we've taken them to be literal. Yeah. Right? That's our mistake. They're not yeah, literal yeah. texts. They're, they're encoded. Totally. So in order to go within, and we've been so programmed to, to think of, you know, outer as space as being outer space, right? Whenever you hear yeah. anybody talk, whenever you hear NASA or any of these space agencies or the military, or anyone talk about space, that's all that they say. They're like, it's space, you know? And then we've been programmed to think that they're talking about outer space when the definition of space can be anything. It could be extra space in your house. It could be uh, the ocean. That's extra Mm -hmm. space. It could be the space that we're creating right now on this Zoom call with you, you know, or the space could be in your head, in your mind. There's extra space floating around in there. So I think it's important to explore that space and and go within yourself because I believe that that's where all the answers lie is within. And whenever you can shut your mind down for a little while and get all those thoughts out of your mind, you can unlock a great human potential and you would have the access to all of this information that's just been floating around. And I think that because it's proven that water has memory and we're a water-based planet, we're actually mostly made up of water. Us as humans are made up of water yeah. and the water, you know, holds the memory. And also the Bible talks about the, the waters being separate, the waters above and the waters below being yeah. separated. Right. So yeah. outer space is water as well. Your water, we're on a water planet. Yeah. Water is the memory. Water is what's holding the memory in this um, infinite data field of knowledge. So mm. how would you pollute that memory? You would pollute the water, right? Yeah. You would make it to where you're distorting the infinite data field of information that's around each and every individual. And 
cutting our antenna and cutting our connection to that information is making us very susceptible and controllable here in this reality. Bro, like you just hit all my G spots like <laughs> the last 10 minutes. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Fuck, like a million things are coursing through my head. <clears throat> Actually, today I got delivered a reverse osmosis system. So I've been drinking distilled water for maybe seven, eight months now, bro. Mm. And I I have um, a biogeometry clearing tray, which looks yes. something like this. You know it, right? Yes. That's for, like to charge my bio pen, biogeometry pendant and my ring and my other bits and pieces. So I have that underneath. And this is for my water distiller. So as the water drips into the water distiller, I have a clear quartz crystal and it drips in there to charge it with that kind of energy. And yeah. next to, to my water distiller, my, my wife prefers uh, uh, just a filtered big Berkey water. So I have uh, a clear <sighs> crystal in the top chamber, in the bottom chamber. It's like the water, and like when you drink pristinely clear water, but that's been charged with some type of energy, it it has like it has a different charge as opposed to when it has various minerals in it and like when you when it's been through like the the right angles of the sewers and the, the these pipes it's just like that energy of the water you know like the masaru emoto the the japanese dude that was taking all the pictures of water yes. uh, totally dude like totally and like a million things dude you said just hit all the spots like for example what you say about um, the Bible being a, um, an, it's an astro-theological thing. They were talking about the stars, Joseph, Mary, all these things. Jesus, if you replace Jesus with, uh, or, or Christ or whatever with sun as in solar. As you and, yeah. The Bible will actually make a lot more sense if you read it literally, if you were to read it literally, which is, of course, it's a poetry. It's not meant to be taken literally. Um, but uh, just want just want one final thought. But I want to get into MK Ultra because, like, I know you've read all the declassified documents, and it's fascinating that research that you've done. But one one other thing, right? Uh, there was another guy I follow, and he he was talking. This was only a, like a wild speculative theory that he was putting. His name, the channel is called I think Space Busters or something like that. I don't know if you've heard of the guy. And he was talking about if you go and do a Google search for whatever and it it tells you how many results you get and it tells you it came back in like one second right so he starts going around uh you know looking at the undersea cables and all this stuff and how <laughs> this information gets relayed through all the switches and routers and all that good stuff it cannot possibly take one second to go get processed through all that hardware never mind the fact that it's going to run through a bunch of cables and stuff like that right uh, there's a lot of bottlenecks so he was saying look at how we're calling uh cabled internet it's ethernet right yeah. and the ether used to be the fifth element so you have um uh earth water wind uh and and uh, uh air fire I, I, earth water air or wind and fire and ether was the fifth element and when you look at a pentagram like a like a normal pentagram with the pointer that that's your five the pentagram has all that that's the kind of the symbolizing before the satanists inverted it obviously symbolizing the five elements so they have taken away 
in the last however hundred years they have taken away the ether right and it so it, it it's it's kind of analogous it's an analogy for you know you do a google search and is it is it are they have is the technology so advanced that you're tapping into the ether and that information is being re- relayed back to your uh, phone or computer almost instantaneously and all the hardware in between is just inserted there for data harvesting and and monitoring and just the infrastructure for the you know the transhumanist agenda is it i don't know fun things to ponder about in the middle of the night if you can't sleep <laughs> i think that that's a high possibility i think you just uh you you hit the nail on the head and people don't realize that that's where we get our internet from is from giant sea cables sea cables right and yeah. that's where most of the data is coming from is is giant sea cables yeah. and also another thing is that there is this project by NASA called the Loon Project where where they'll put up high altitude uh, weather yeah, balloons yeah. in the sky in order to beam down internet to places that don't have internet, right? So it's really, it's very, very interesting. Yeah, you can look that up. It's called the Loon Project, mm. L-O-O-N Project. Yeah. And you can study and look into that and all. And, uh, it, it, it's really because we've been kind of programmed to believe that we're getting internet from satellites in the sky. Yeah. yeah. That's not where it's coming from. It's coming no. from underground sea cables and weather balloons that uh, NASA is putting up in uh, low earth orbit. <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, I, I tell like some, some of my friends make fun of me because I, <clears throat> I, I've done a lot of conspiracy research and I'm always like bursting their bubbles. Uh, so I'm like, it's like, guys, listen, guys, and I'll take on a bunch of them. I don't care how drunk they are or whatever. I'll take on a bunch of people. I will debate and argue. I don't care. And I'm like, guys, okay, explain this to me. GPS, satellites. I, I'm like, satellites are bullshit. It's all weather balloons. NASA is the biggest um, buyer of helium or one of the biggest buyers of helium in the world. So it's like, <laughs> explain this to me, right? <clears throat> so internet <clears throat> is pristine in the city but when i go up in the mountains i'm closer to the satellites where the hell does my connection go and then i'm like okay so nixon nixon could talk to the guys on the moon like we're having a conversation here but when i'm in the crapper i can't even get a good signal when my mom's calling me you know what i mean explain that shit to me doesn't compute there you know space is fake bro look anyone like here's the thing right i've i've highly evolved Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to say su- such big things, but I've evolved my personal understanding of what the world is that we live in. It's it's not a flat plane like like they say. I I believe it's too one dimensional of an argument, but it's most certainly not a spinning ball in a solar system in a a, a, a galaxy uh, in a galaxy in a universe created by a big bang. That's big bang theory created by a fucking priest. How scientific is that, right? Um, it the more I <clears throat> get into it, it seems to be could be some type of mental projection, could be some type of the field. Like you know, there's a lot of like if you look at, into the sacred texts and stuff like that, it could be so you know, there could be like the earth could be hollow. Like I'm open to all these theories, but 
Um, I, I had Chris Matthew on the podcast uh, last week, and of course I asked him, and I do want to ask you before we, but we, we do want to get into MK Ultra, but just what is your kind of latest sort of view on what is the world that we live in? What is this reality? I, I love to ask that question. It's a really large question. Um, I don't necessarily believe that space is fake. I just don't think that space works and operates like the way that we've been led to believe that it does. Uh, I don't think that rockets can go outside of uh, low Earth orbit. I don't think that they can break through that because there, if there's no oxygen and there's no gravity in space, what is those rockets what are they pushing, pushing up off of to be able to move forward? Yeah, makes yeah. zero sense, yeah. right? I think that that's what they found out in uh, the early 60s with the Gemini and uh, the, that other test flight that that the Air Force was doing with NASA in the, the, because they did a bunch of those test flights before they went to the moon and they never went out of low Earth orbit, right? Yeah. Because I, I think that they found out right then and there that they can't, that it's impossible. So yeah. they... I believe that the moon landing footage was faked and I believe that we possibly went there in a more highly advanced craft that we were building under the guise of a rocket going to the moon and JFK was trying to kind of force their hand in revealing that technology in 1961 and 1962, whenever he was making uh, those statements uh, to the Congress. And then later on at Rice Stadium saying that we should take our efforts toward getting to the moon by the end of the decade. I believe that he was trying to force their hand because he knew that we couldn't get there in standard rocketry. So he was like, okay, well, I'm going to move this forward really quickly so that they will be forced to reveal a new technology or a new craft that would take us to the moon. But he ended up being assassinated and uh, killed anyway, which is then echoed by James Forrestal, which was the very first secretary of defense after World War II. There's proof that him and JFK both went to Germany after the war and seen some highly advanced technology that the Germans were working on some kind of anti-gravity craft. And then when they came back to the United States, JFK ran for Senate and then JF and then Forrestal became secretary of, uh, se very first secretary of defense. Mm -hmm. And that's when MJ 12 was born, which MJ 12 is supposedly a group that was trying to develop this technology and, uh, and create it. And Forrestal wanted to reveal the technology to the public because he knew that it would be beneficial. And mm. that's when uh, he was kind of let go of his position and they made him out to be crazy. And then he, uh, <laughs> and then he supposedly committed suicide out of a very tall building. I think the 16th or 17th story building of Bethesda Naval Hospital. Mm. He supposedly fell out of yeah. the build, building. So that story correlates to what JFK was trying to do. I think JFK was 
attempting to do it more covertly and do it yeah. internally, not out in the open. He didn't, mm -hmm. you know, go to people and be like, Hey, like, let's reveal this technology. Let's reveal this anti-gravity craft that we've been developing for a long time since the, uh, since the, you know, the fifties. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, but they ended up killing him anyway, just like it's supposed that they killed James Forrestal as well. You know, I have no doubt that we have, uh, advanced technology of that sort, but I don't believe it's like I was talking to my chiropractor today. I, I I go I see him every week and I'm constantly like filling his head with crazy shit, you know. Um, I should be paying him extra for that. But anyway, he's like today he's like there's gonna be a green comet today, so I started like inquiring. Oh, what when? Do you know like uh, do you know what the name of it and and um. He's like, I don't know why it's green. Like, do you think it's a meadow in it or something? I'm like, actually, I don't think comets are physical phenomena. So he's like, what? Like, I, I don't, like, they're not rock. They're not meadow. I don't believe so. In fact, so my point there was, I don't, I don't have any doubt that we have this technology, this amazing technology. I just don't think that the moon is a physical object. Like, if you look at the moon in the day, the the light spots are are light in color and if you look at it at night the the kind of the the um the the valleys or whatever you want to call them uh they're dark it, it it's basically the background behind it is is it's kind of translucent it's like almost see-through parts of it are see-through and it's um, there was a scientist back in the 60s, they were like, uh, it, you could still probably get this uh, short clip on YouTube unless it's been censored, but he, they were asking this uh, kind of a pretty eminent scientist, they're like, what do you think of these guys? Like they're planning to go to the moon by the end of the decade. He's like, well, they will never go to the moon because the moon is not a physical thing. It's it's made of plasma. And um, so and some guys have actually photographed a star behind the moon you, that should be behind the moon and if you go on a cloudy night the moon it looks almost local in the world because it it illuminates only the little cl uh, the clouds around it. it doesn't illuminate like a massive sort of thing so there's a million things you know you could go into of, of why the moon is actually not a physical object so i i have no doubt that there could be um i, I actually have more I believe that it's more possible to travel to other dimensions or there's uh, um, advanced or semi-advanced or the technologically advanced beings in the core of the earth or like in deep underground of the earth than we have the ability to go to the moon. I believe other supposedly more far-fetched theories more because it just when you look at the evidence, the physics just don't, and, and the fact that the, the moon never rotates and you always see it from the same angle, like there's a million things you could go into, right? I, so anyway, I don't want to belabor that point. Um, mm. uh, I'd like to get into your research into M MK Ultra. Now, I know from listening to your podcast and you mentioned as well that you've read all of the 149 uh, declassified documents, transcripts. For the listeners, would you please just give them a little bit of a rundown? What were the MK Ultra experiments, and what sort of um, there, there's like several different themes 
uh, or, or research areas that they covered. Could you maybe give us a little bit of a rundown there, bro? So basically, going through all these documents, I found out that they were using, in almost every one of them, that they were doing a experiment on a uh, an individual. They were using some form of LSD, some form of hallucinogenic mushrooms. And also, what I discovered is that the antidepressants, anti-anxiety medications, um, Amphetamine all came out of these programs too. Jesus Christ. They were all created inside of these MK Ultra programs and then they were later on given to the public to be on. Right? And Sidney Gottlieb had a brother. Uh, I think it's David Gottlieb. I'm not for sure on his first name. I would have to look it up, but he was a plant biologist. And my personal thoughts on it was it's just a coincidence that it has a brother that's a plant biologist that can create all of these uh, different concoctions and, and you know, mushrooms and uh, LSD and doing all of this kind of stuff, right? Yeah. And there's no proof of that, of course, but that's just my personal speculation sure. on it that, it, you know, it can't just be a coincidence that Sidney Gottlieb has a brother that's a plant biologist and they're doing <laughs> all these experimentations on LSD and mushrooms and all these yeah. different medicine concoctions. Yeah. Right. So <clears throat> also, like I mentioned before, they were also studying ESP abilities, psychic abilities, remote viewing within the projects. There were other sub projects that were leasing out there are projects to hospitals. There was a hospital in Washington, D.C. where they opened up a completely new wing for MK Ultra programs. So they were leasing out a lot of these programs to private companies. So that way they didn't have to document exactly what sure. they were doing in these other programs, right? But they do this thing, that, which is very fascinating, is it's basically like clean slating people, right? It, it's called uh, depatterning, where they will remove normal thinking patterns within a human being. They'll remove common sense, critical thinking, uh, and normal thinking thoughts that you would have every day. It's basically like clean slating your consciousness oh. to make you very susceptible. That's done through, uh, through trauma, through, uh, psych well, psychic driving is the, the next technique that they would do, but it would be, you know, starving people. It would be, you know, locking them inside of a room for a very long period of time, you know, to, to rid people of their normal thoughts and their normal thinking pattern. To it's basically a disrupting of the consciousness. Mm -hmm. And then they do another thing that's called psychic driving, which psychic driving, the official statement of what psychic driving is, is after the depatterning, after you've been drugged, they come in and they will throw down a looped audio message. Now, this is my personal thoughts in here. This isn't confirmed by the documents, but it's not just a looped audio message. They could be doing it with a hundred different ways, a hundred different techniques. They could be taking in a TV or a big screen, a big projector, 
And after you've had your common sense, critical thinking and everything removed from your, uh, your consciousness, and then you've been drugged with LSD or mushrooms or something, and then you have a big screen in front of you or an audio loop message or some kind of headset, uh, some kind of VR headset possibly on top of your head, then you're going to be susceptible and you're going to believe whatever is on that projector or that looped audio message or whatever's on that VR TV screen. And we see proof of that in our reality right now. I mean, that's the way that we are programmed. We're programmed through the news. We're programmed through TV. We're programmed through uh, TV shows, movies, and all that. And it affects our subconscious. Whenever you hear something over and over and over and over again, you you don't even have to be drugged. You you tend to believe it. Safe and, and there's proof. It's proven through 2020. They got the entire world to do that at yeah. the exact same time, magically. But also drugs are involved because there's 90% of, I don't know about other countries, but 90% of the U.S. population is on some sort of pharmaceutical medication. Jesus Christ. Which all of those came out of the MK Ultra program. So it, it, it's proof in the result. That's exactly what they're doing now in this reality. They're depatterning people through a traumatic event that they blast everywhere. They're repeating that message over and over and over again to get you to believe in it. And then on top of that, you're being drugged by this pharmaceutical industry. It's unbelievable when, when you go back and you read through these documents and then you correlate and you see what's happening in, in our reality right now. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. So, and then I, you know, started digging into the Stargate project, which we've already, you know, covered because there was a lot of people in the community that were saying that it's an, that it's an actual program to open up portals and Stargates and, and all that. And I've read through those declassified, well, the ones that I can find of, I'm getting more sent to me here soon on the, uh, on the Stargate project, all of the declassified documents, all of, uh, um, Ego Swan's personal journals and uh, some of the Monroe Institute's stuff as well. So, and my investigation into that and interviewing all the people, you know, it's a, it's a psychic study. It's a psychic phenomenon study. The the army intelligence, the DIA, the air force CIA was all in the doing and they ran that program for almost 20 years. Yeah. And so really where it all stemmed from was trying to, debunk these secret space program and these super soldier people that are telling these crazy wild wacky do stories about being in space and fighting aliens for 20 years and then being age regressed back in time and uh to the very point that they were taken and then they unlock these memories later on in their life that that's where all this came from and it's like those people are a giant huge conspiracy burrito that's what i've been calling it because it has everything in the, the, their story it has it all it has mk ultra it has psychics it has the stargate project it's got looking glass technology it's got fighting aliens in space it's got highly advanced interdimensional travel ships it's got uh time travel it's got uh et's other planets the moon you know and then uh age regression yeah. right yeah so 
that, that's where it really started for me. I was trying to figure out if any part of their story was real and, and what they talk about, you know, and that's when I started digging into the MK Ultra programs. And I'm realizing that if you're depatterned, you're drugged, you're psychically driven, which is what they do to us all every single day, everyone in the population, you can be led to believe whatever they want you to believe. Right? And I just mentioned the looking glass technology. I don't know if you've ever heard of looking glass, but it's something that, that that's been perpetuated in this community to um, that they say that the government has created this technology to be able to look forward in time and then look backward in time to see if events are going to happen, if they're going to play out the way that they want them to. That's not at all what it is. Mm. Looking is glass it? is an actual air force operation in space to arm space with the ability to launch nukes wow. from space. Wow. It was created in 1972. Well, 1962. Hmm. Now, so they, they've taken real parts of story. Well, at least titles of real things that has happened, real operations, and they've mixed it with, crazy fairy tale bullcrap nonsense, you know, and that's what I was really trying to expose and dig deep into the things that they're talking about. Cause people don't do that. Right. They don't, they don't research what people are talking about. You know, they just, they just expect people to, to know. And unfortunately that's not the way that it is because a lot of people lack integrity and honor in the community. And so when someone says something, they don't get on Google and research it for themselves. So then they're just left to believe in whatever that these people are talking about. Yeah. And I understand that that's a really uh, big thing to, to have to do, right? You don't want to have to sit down here and even hey. research everything that yeah. me and you have talked about this yeah. entire time. But what I would like to see people do is to just research one thing. One thing that I've talked about or that you've talked about in this show so far, go and look into it. Yeah, right? for sure. And I'm not trying to, to fool anybody with crazy, wild experiences and, and stories, right? Now, when I do have a theory or a thought, I will say, I will yeah. say, this is my personal thought. This is my personal yeah. belief. I just don't compound my own personal thoughts and my ideas and my beliefs onto already established real things. Yeah. 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 Right. If there's proof for something, I'll just flat out say it and I'll make it as a statement. But if there's no yeah. proof for it and it's a part of my thoughts, ideas, and beliefs, I will say before I say it and you, you watch back in this interview, you'll see oh, yeah. that every time that I say that, that I'm talking about my personal thoughts, ideas, or beliefs, I state it before I say it. I remember. So yeah. Yeah. I, this is I my like personal that. Thought, my personal idea. Bro. I like that. That's integrity. You know, I like that. So, so they were doing the, so they started off on an individual basis with these MK ultra, uh, experiments and they, they got good at it. They got better at it. And they started doing it on a mass scale, right? Yes. So things like 9-11, terrorist attack, uh, you know, uh, terrorist attacks, school shootings, uh, COVID-19 stuff. 
these are all kind of the, the it's like the one two so you you hit them with the trauma and then the the two is the some type of change in behavior right is that how it that's exactly how it works that's what all of those events are about i mean you can go back even further you can go back and look at uh pearl harbor yeah traumatic event uh you can look at the the titanic JFK. yeah traumatic event jfk traumatic event uh 9-11 traumatic event you know yeah. um and then you know covid 19 that's a traumatic event right and yeah. it disrupts people's lives that's the whole point and it gets everyone talking about it especially with 2020 like that completely disrupted everyone yeah people weren't able to do the things that they were normally able to do so all those events that happened before were like predecessors to this event this this big one that just happened mm. because those other events didn't really it was more trauma based it was programming your your consciousness to accept things in the future mm. it's been a long running game they've been they've yeah. been doing this for a really long time but those other events now 911 did disrupt a lot of people's lives a lot of people took off work for a while and they had loved ones and people that died during the event and that one was more than JFK being assassinated mm. And because that was just one individual. Now there was like, uh, you know, I, I wasn't born then. I wasn't there. So I really don't know how damaging that was to people's lives. But it seems like they got over it pretty quickly. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You weren't quick... born? You weren't? I, weren't, I was not born how during you? 29. In 9-11? Oh, you're talking about JFK. Yeah, I said JFK. I wasn't born oh, during sorry, uh, uh, JFK. Connection. Sorry, sorry. My bad. My bad. Yes, he uh, was not born during uh, JFK assassination, so I can't really uh, uh, comment on yeah, yeah. how the public really reacted. All I can do is go back and look at documents and and see yeah, how yeah. all of that went down. But I wouldn't say that that uh, you know there was a shutdown of the world Society, during yeah. JFK, right? And yeah. so all of these events are are happening. They're they're traumatic events. They, then. Immediately after you get all of this programming from the news, especially like after 9-11, how many times mm. did we see footage from 9-11 after 9-11 no, yeah. happened? Yeah, it was bro. every day for oh, months yeah. and even years. They still even yeah. show it after yeah. uh, the anniversary of 9-11. Every mm. single year they do a special on it. Right. And even the tagline after 9 11 should tell forget. you everything that you need to know. Never forget. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? It's fucked up, man. So it, these, these events are to shepherd and herd people in a certain direction globally. Right? Because 9 11 did a lot of dangerous stuff, it made us go to war. Yeah. It uh, installed the Patriot Act, which let people be surveilled and tracked without, uh, with literally no evidence. Like they can tap into your phone. They can see your location no matter what you're doing, where you're at, if you're in trouble, if you're not in trouble, you know. And then 
2020 also installed that kind of tracking and tracing with uh, barcodes, with QR codes, with, uh, you know, uh, jab, you know, it's, it's just an old playbook, but they've just revamped it a little bit. And to the people listening that are like, Oh no, not all of those are planned things and whatever. Like, can you tell me how is it that every single time, an event like this happens, it always ends up in the fucking globalists' favor. It always ends up in us losing more of our freedoms. Why does why does an event ever never happen where, oh shit, now we have more freedom, now there's uh, <laughs> less centralization of power, uh, uh, less fucking stock market manipulation, people are richer, you know, all your shit coin, Doge coins go to the moon. You know what I mean? Like, why is it always a, a tightening down, clamping down, and a loss of freedoms? If it's all just organic, oopsie daisy. Oh, we didn't know that if we if we lock down for two weeks, uh, sorry, two years, then the whole fucking uh, supply chains in the world are gonna collapse and, and, and what? Oh. You know, oh, uh, t- we totally didn't expect Russia, the sanctions against Russia to fuck Europe's economy up. Oops, sorry. <laughs> we're like PhDs here and whatever. Like, we're not, we're the only people though, you know? I don't know, bro. Exactly, dude. That's exactly what it is. I and mean, you can look back through all of those major events within the last uh, 120 years and you'll see that there was an agenda behind every single one of them. Yeah. All of them did nothing good for humanity. I mean, even the Titanic sinking, that yes, had... I was just thinking that. That had uh, five of the biggest bankers yeah. on the Titanic and whenever that did not want to go along with the global uh, banking cartel, yeah. this fractionalized banking Federal Reserve stuff. Mm-hmm. So what did they do? They put them all on this ship and then they sank the ship and killed them. So there's no opposition to what they were trying to do. Yeah. And then the Federal Reserve got started a few years later. Yep. Man, listen, bro. Okay, listen. I Do you have another 15 minutes or so? Yeah. I want to, like, I have a new segment on my podcast that now I, I want to ask every guest called Solutions Talk. But before we get into that, I want to have a little bit of fun. I want to kind of end it on a slightly lighter note, although I'm sure we'll find a way to fuck it up for everybody because, you know, us conspiracy theorists, we're always <laughs> like, we're all, there's only evil things. No, okay. Um, have you heard of the Full Ford Report? No, you, I haven't. You heard of a cat called Benjamin Full Ford? No. Okay, I've got no axe to grind with this man, but I met someone last year, and he's he was we're talking a little bit, we got into conspiracy talk, and the guy sounded like he know he knows a thing or two, but then he started talking to me about some alliance, planetary planetary liberation alliance. I'm like, oh fuck! <laughs> then he started telling me that was the whole the Q thing was about a few years ago. I'm like, oh. Oh, shit anyway he's like he told me give me your email address i'll put you on the uh, um, i've got some good intelligence i can send you so anyway so this bro uh the full forward report it's a it's a paid newsletter and he's this dude's been sending me every monday this newsletter that he pays good money to subscribe for so I, today before we got on i said you know what I, i'm just gonna go back to the start like last may 
and just grab a few snippets from this. So listen to this now. This is title followed by the first paragraph. I'll read three of these. These are from around May last year, right? Okay, title. Top secret negotiations for new age proceed well as Western rule collapses. Top top level negotiations between Asian and Western elders to start a new golden age for humanity are proceeding well, according to sources involved. The basic agreement calls for the complete write-off of all debts, public and private, a one-time redistribution of assets, and a massive campaign to end poverty, stop environmental destruction, and colonize the universe with Earth life. The plan is supported by, among others, the Western Committee of 300, the Russian government, the Indian government and the Asian secret societies that control China, ACAN, Korea, and Japan. There are some concrete moves involving massive amounts of off-ledger gold and dollars taking place. The details cannot yet be publicly disclosed for security reasons. The sources involved in the negotiations say. I, w- I won't read the rest of them. I'll just give you the titles. Or, or okay, I'll read a bit more. It's, it's, it won't take long. Next one from the week after. Fake Biden regime collapsing as Bezos bails. The end is near for the fake Biden regime as Jeff Bezos, one of its chief backers, has bailed out and joined the Earth Alliance. CIA sources say this was shown when his Washington Post mouthpiece reported the truth. The Ukrainian government and military are collapsing. The Kazarian Mafia project to rule the world from a greater Kazaria, Ukraine plus Kazakhstan, is now is thus now totally doomed. And then something about the queen, who is a senior member of the alliance, had to say on the occasion of her platinum jubilee. And all right, so okay, <laughs> tell me, tell me, bro, like that is why, a bunch of bullshit nonsense. <laughs> why are people follow, falling for this shit, man? It's because they want hopium. hopium. They want their 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 lives are such shit that they're willing to believe in this nonsense, right? And it's it's a plan on two different levels, right? It's a it's a st- I call them stand down operations, right? Like where they put something out uh in order for you to believe that everything is going to be taken care of. Just like what was stated in the <coughs> in the things that you read. Right, you, all the 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 debt, all the debt's going to be wiped. You're going to get all of this uh, digital back currency into your bank account. Uh, poverty is going to be solved. Uh, all this, and, and that's to make people not want to do anything about their current situation. That's yeah. to make people just sit back and be like, okay, the, the the Galactic Alliance has our back. They're taking care of all of our problems. I'm telling you something right now. None of that shit exists. Galactic Federation doesn't exist. Galactic Alliance doesn't exist. Those are fairy tale made up nonsense. And anybody that believes in any kind of external savior is making it to where that they don't want to take responsibility for their life. That's the old uh, religious Christianity paradigm as well, right? Yeah. Just go to the church and. Uh, Tell the uh, the priest your sins, and then you'll be forgiven, and then you can yeah. do it again next week, right? Like they don't want to take responsibility for the things that's happened, and they sure as hell don't want to do anything about it. They don't want to make any moves to uh, actually create a better world, a better 
reality a better society because it is the dark forces, it's the controllers and the manipulators of our reality that is putting this kind of information out because they don't want us to do anything about it because they know if we do do something about it, they will lose. They are a very few and we are the many. If we were to do something about it, it would be over. Done. If everyone oh, would have stood up in 2020 and said, no, I am not going along with this. I am not shutting my business down. I am going to do what I want to do. It would be over. None of this stuff would be happening right now. And they would have to go back to their lab and try and concoct uh, a new plan. It would have been done. They wouldn't have had anything. They couldn't have done anything. It would have been impossible. What, are you going to arrest the entire planet? <laughs> yeah. Not going to, were you going to fine everybody? Yeah, man. Not going to happen, right? It was very simple, but we failed in that test. We failed to do that. Now, some, yeah. some other countries, uh, you know, they had more opposition uh, to it than others, you know. And they were at least trying. And I, uh, I commend them for doing that. I commend them for their protest and uh, yeah. saying, calling bullshit on this, uh, on this nonsense, right? But if we would have just said no from the very beginning, we're not going along with it. Nothing that they could have done. And that's the most important thing. That's how you make any kind of changes. And the the whole thing was about separation, you know, distance yourself from other people because they know in a group how powerful we are as a group. Just Just a consciousness from one individual can make dramatic changes upon our reality. Imagine what 10 people can do. Imagine what 15, what imagine what a hundred or a thousand can do what kind of positive changes if we are all on the same page but the issue is is that none of us are on the same page very few and the ones that are are, are separated you know it's it's difficult to agree on anything and it's been done that way on purpose it's separation and division i mean the the two-party system in uh the united states has never been further apart it's division separation confusion and information overload so they throw all this shit at you just like they do in the MK Ultra programs, overloading your consciousness with bullshit nonsense, confusing the shit out of you, giving parts of information to one state, a different part of information to another state. Those people never communicate with each other. So they go on believing whatever information that they have gotten. It's an old trick. They, yeah. We don't get any information here in the United States about any other countries. We don't. And anytime that we do get anytime we do get any kind of information about other countries, it's always doom and gloom. Yeah. It's always, oh, this country bombed, blah, 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 blah. They're in this war. Ukraine's in this war. Russia's doing this. It's always something bad. It's never anything good. (laughs) Yeah, man. And it goes back to what you were saying. Why haven't we gotten anything good? (laughs) 
That's what I want to yeah. know. Why why haven't we gotten a, a win for humanity? It seems like we have. There's been absolutely nothing. That's no way. Good, wait, dude. Come on. We we got the the vaccine in eight months. Operation Warp Speed. Come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> That's what someone would say that has the plan. no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Just the plan, bro. Oh. Okay. Final, but, final but question. I mean, this is true, we... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I, I'm, I'm just saying that, that we need some kind of win for humanity. We need something collectively instead of all this fear, propaganda, bullshit, nonsense that is traumatizing people and taking away our freedoms, taking away our rights, doing all this stuff that is not in the best interest of humanity as a whole. We need something that I can just look at somebody that I, a stranger, right? I just want to someday look at a stranger and, and look at them and smile and nod and they know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't even have to say a word to them. Yeah. I just look at them throwing a big smile on my face and be like, yeah, we fucking did that. We did that and it was awesome. It was cool as shit. Yeah. But instead we get the opposite of that. We get the fear we get the propaganda. We get the taking away of our rights. We get the taking away of our freedoms. More nonsense. QR codes uh, telling you, you know, you have to scan before you go into a store. More surveillance. Yeah. You know, so that's but, what I want and that's bro, what I hope for. Yeah, go ahead. Let, let me tell you, like, so when... I, I interviewed Charlie Robinson um, back in November and near the end, I was like, I said, I was saying similar things to you, you know, if we had all just, if there was mass non-compliance, none of this fucking COVID nonsense would have rolled out and they would have been like, all right, back to the drawing board. Let's think up another load of bollocks. But anyway, then he, at the end, he said, you know, I'm going to have you on the, the podcast. I'm like, yeah, bro, let's talk solutions, right? And he's like, yeah, let's talk solutions. We can talk about all sorts of things, right? And the day before that, I listened to some dude, Forrest, something or other, I forget his name, but he was all about solutions, right? So since then, since about kind of no early November, I, I got inspired. And, you know, guys like John Bush and what's the other the name of the other guy he wrote that book how to opt out of the technocratic state his name is escaping me but since then i've been doing less research and i've been doing more like my reading and my research has been more into like you know hermetic principles kibalion uh you know just kind of a little bit more esoteric shit coupled with real life practical experience so i'm getting into like a little bit of indoor gardening growing some fucking lettuce strawberries and shit like just like little things like that and i'm just doing so i i'm focusing on the beautiful parts the the uh like i have a ton of books about like beautiful stuff like the teachings of buddha all sorts of amazing things and on the other hand i'm just doing practical things i find i'm finding a lot of joy reassurance in doing practical things uh, where you know, like you you have a feeling of control like you know you you know you might 
plant a little seedling, you don't have control over Mother Nature, but you have control over that process. And, you know, that little sprout, that little tomato plant, you know, you have, you know, you have some, like, you, you have this feeling of control. So I feel like this mass awakening, it's it's a myth. Uh, we can do things. We can lead by example. And each each and every one of us, you know, you can try to connect to your neighbor more and kind of say, you know, my, like my neighbor had an issue a few days ago. I'm like, listen, if you need any help, call me, goddammit. I mean it. I mean it. I will anytime call me. I will come out here and I'll help you. It's two minutes away. I, I will do it. And I'm just trying to connect. And so since then, I, I'll tell you, bro, I've been a lot happier. Instead of just, I, we know there's problems. But the solution is within us. And actually, I love what you say beautifully. Every time you end your interviews, it's fucking beautiful, dude. You say, uh, if you can see through the illusion, you are the solution. I love that. So anyway, long-winded segue into the, the, the final question before you can obviously tell us where listeners can find you is for my new segment that I'm going to be carving out of every interview and I also do solo called Solutions Talk. Would you please give us, uh, tell us what are you doing that others can also do to increase their freedom, self-reliance, autonomy, and or resilience to the challenges that we face this decade and beyond, bro? What are you doing? What could others be doing? I think connection and connecting with other human beings because that's what we strive on. We strive on connection. We need somebody else that we can physically touch that we can hug that uh, that it doesn't have to be an intimate partner it can be a friendship it can be whatever i feel the need to really be friends with a lot of people because again like i was mentioning earlier it there, there's been a wedge that's been driven between us and that has a lot to do with 911 because and before that it had to do with serial killers and murderers you know that really stopped the whole hitchhiking thing no one picks up anybody yeah, anymore yeah, yeah. right they don't they see someone on the yeah. side of the road and they don't want to help dude yeah they don't want to help people you you see someone broken down on the, the side of the road in a vehicle back in the even in the 90s whenever i was growing up yeah you would st pull over to the side of the road and ask if they needed any help. I, I grew up in, uh, you know, uh, a family that our car would break down all the time, all the time on the side of the road. We would have problems. And every single time that we broke down, there was always someone that pulled off to the side of the road and asked if we needed any help. Mm. Every time. Wow, bro. It was either a pedestrian, a truck driver, then they would offer us some kind, something to drink, some kind of soda, a snack. But you don't see that anymore. You never mm. see that ever. They they're, they're, they break down and then they call a mechanic or they call a tow truck or they call AAA or they call whoever to come and get them. No one pulls over to the side of the road and takes the time out of their day to ask if they're okay or if they needed any help. Yeah. And that's been the cause of just like I stated with nine 11 terrorism, murderers, rapists, and all that that's been perpetuated through 
society, all of the serial killer shows that Netflix is doing, mm-hmm. all of the true crime episodes. The true crime is like really hot and heavy right now. Mm-hmm. You got to ask yourself why. Yeah, yeah. Why are they doing that? Why are they perpetuating these true crime narratives and all these uh, murderers and serial killers? It's to make you afraid. It's to make you afraid of helping people out. And in turn, those shows and those serial killers and all the coverage of all those people from even the early as the the 50s in the United States uh, has inadvertently created those people Hmm. they have created those serial killers they've created those rapists they've created those uh um uh, not good people that will hurt other individuals Hmm. that's how it works that's how this reality works is you put out a thought and you put out an idea you can it can be a really consolidated thing it can be something that doesn't even uh really even happen it only happened one time then you put that out you blast that everywhere you put that on the news you put it on these uh well now it would be uh you know netflix shows uh you know hulu and all these streaming services youtube and all that and then that perpetuates itself and then it creates the next person Mm. because someone that is unstable that has mental problems or mental issues watches that. And then they think, Oh, well, why don't I do that? It's the exact same way with the music. The music does the exact same thing with rap and hip hop and stuff, which I listen to some rap in it, but I know what it is. Right. And I know that, you know, it's, and it's an attempt to program my subconscious. Oh yeah. Bang that chick, do them drugs, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? And that's programming people. Linkin Park singing about suicide and shit in the early 2000s. Exactly. I mean, it's all a, it's whether you want to believe it or not, it's all an agenda to influence people in a certain direction. And when you listen to that or you watch that and you're not in a good mental state, Now, I'm not saying that the music and the TV shows and all that are making people do anything. Don't get me wrong here. They're not making people do anything. But if they're in a similar situation where they have the opportunity to do something that they've they've heard someone else say or they've watched somebody else do on the news, on uh, Netflix, on one of these TV shows or a movie or something like that, the probability of them actually doing it increases tenfold. For sure, for sure. We're programmable. Like we're so influenced by everything that comes into our head, be that radio, TV, Netflix, uh, what we read, the people around us, every, every single one of those things is programming us and deprogramming us or further programming us so if all you're watching like if you're watching violent movies you're playing violent video games then you're listening to violent uh uh music like that normalizes that you know so it's absolutely it's an influence any way you cut it absolutely and people that are not in good situations in their life uh, they don't have a lot of money they're you know listening to people talking about doing crimes doing drugs and that 
influences them because they see successful people talking about it and then they think that they can also do it. It's a continuous perpetuation to keep people down and not up. They don't want us to rise. They don't want us to better our lives. They don't want us to be happy. They want us in a constant state of fear and at the bottom of the totem pole. And I don't mean like a constant state of fear as in like a fear of a a physical attack or the fear of uh, being physically hurt or, uh, you know, uh, beat up or whatever. I mean like a subconscious fear Mm -hmm. of something outside of yourself instead of being okay with you as an individual and doing your own thing and not worrying about what other people think of you and, and doing what you need to do to better your life. You're stuck in a box. You're stuck in that four by four box, right? We're constantly surrounded by boxes. Our house is a box. Our work is a box. We're watching a box. I'm on a box right now talking to you, Mm -hmm. you know, and it makes it almost dang near impossible to get outside of that box and open that box and do something different, right? This is keeping everybody down at a very low state to where they can't perceive things outside of their reality. They've been locked in to their preconceived thoughts, ideas, and beliefs, and it's so deep-rooted that they get triggered when they hear something that doesn't fall into their previous, previously established belief systems. Yeah, man, it's fear and then a sense of lack. That's another thing that's constantly being pushed, force, force-fed shoved down our throats, fear uh, or a sense of lack. And, of course, not to, not to forget uh, the, the, uh, that fear of loss, right? That kind of fear now. Let's uh, get your jabs or we'll be, we'll be in lockdown again. You know, that kind of shit. Yeah. It's like... Um, Bro, like, I mean, like, I'm glad, I'm glad I'm connecting with people that can see through the shit, but I, I'm i sorry, f- folks listening, I know we we're going to end it on solutions talk, but I want to get, uh, Ryder, I want to get your opinion. Like, do you, how do you think this, this, what's the end game here? How do you think it will end? Is it total slavery or is it going to be like the simulations going to be like... <coughs> next level and then it's going to be just a whole like it's going to be like a tartaria style reset or some shit and then you just wake up and it's a whole different world it's like an entirely different paradigm do you think that's just fairy tale fucking trust the plan bs again yeah not to be cynical but i do believe that that is uh, fairy tale <laughs> bullshit nonsense you know it's really up to us it's yeah. really up to us what direction that we want to go, you know, what we're going to do. We're, we're kind of already past the, <clears throat> the fork in the road, but I believe that there's still a chance for us to create something positive 
for everyone that's beneficial to humanity as a whole. Now, will we get that? Don't know. And I'm not here to blow fairy tale nonsense bullshit up anybody's ass, right? I'm not about that. I'm about the the real stuff. And their their plans, well, whether they um get get that far in their plans or not, um I believe that their plans is to eliminate a large majority of the population. Large majority. I mean, we're already in the throes of that, whether yeah. people want to admit it or not. Uh, there's people dying all the time from something that has uh, been put inside of them. Right? Now people can say, well, there's hundreds of uh, thousands of people that die every day. Well, I mean, this is an excess amount of mm-hmm. deaths, you know, and that is their plan to eliminate a majority of the population. I would say at least, 70 to 75% of the population if their plans go through. Now Mm -hmm. that entails a lot of other plans as well. It's not just the jab. Oh yeah. There's there's other things that uh, I personally believe that they are going to do. Yeah. It's going to be another war that's going to happen. That's Mm -hmm. going to kill off a, a, a lot of people mixed with the jabs. And I think that that's going to be very devastating. I mean, when you look back at the history of the way that the government has always worked, that's what they always do. It's always another war. That's how you get people out of a uh, de- uh, depression or, um, you know, you get them all hoorah to defeat the enemy, you know, that external enemy, mm. you know, and we've been fighting an, an invisible enemy for three yeah. years now. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So yeah. now it, it's going to become a physical enemy that we have to battle and take down and mix along with the injections. It's going to cause a lot of people to no longer be here. And with the people that is left over, I think that they're going to do some kind of uh, technological enhancements on them. And I think a majority of the population that's left over is going to inevitably be some kind of cyborg type of uh, being, you know, because that's another one of their agendas is like immortality. You know, they they want to live forever, but not everybody live forever. They want to reduce the population so that we are more controllable and then install this uh, technological, mechanical, cyborg kind of society in order to control people and keep everybody on track. Now, the other way that we can go with it is that we can rise up. We We can do something about it and we can all come together and destroy their plans by saying, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to go along with what you're doing. We're, we're happy the, the way that we are and we can install some kind of different 
currency that will uh, be beneficial for everyone. It won't be uh, this um, digital, uh, this uh, slave-backed Federal Reserve based yeah. on debt kind of currency, because I believe that's where a lot of the problems have came from. Is been oh, this yeah. uh, this cash monetary system currency because it places a bunch of people on top, and then people yeah. that don't have that currency are on the bottom. And the oh, middle yeah. class has basically been a race. That's been another thing that's been done with COVID yeah. in 2020. It's brought the middle class yeah. down to be the lower class. They've grouped mm-hmm. the two together. You know, the middle class is now the lower class and the lower class is even lower than yeah. what they were before. They're yeah, yeah. poor. Borderline poverty, yeah. Very poor. So it really just depends on which direction we want to go. And it's really up to us what we want to do, how we want to handle it. And if we're going to continue to fall for uh, propaganda after propaganda and fall for lies that they have continuously perpetuated. If we do and we continue to go down that path and listen to the TV whenever they say all this nonsense, then that's what we're going to get. There's no way around it. That's that's exactly what's going to happen. We're going to be living in a technocratic kind of society where we have implants in our heads. Now, and I'm not saying that this is going to happen uh, in uh, in 20 years or 30 years yeah. or 40 years or even 50 years. Right? This yeah. is a long scale plan. Now, people that are talking about that, it's if we don't do something now, then we're going to be uh, cyborgs by 2030. Yeah. It's not the way that it works. This has been a slow game. It's been a very, very slow game, and it's going to continue to be a slow game. They just can't do all this all at once. Because but, if they do it all at once, it creates too much opposition, and they don't want opposition. That's why they have to do it slowly. So if this kind of reality does end up happening, I would say it would be like what I'm talking about in uh, around 100 years. We're not going to be here. I'm not going to be here for it. You're not going to be here for it. Most of our uh, friends are not going to be here for it. But eventually, somewhere down the line, it will be like that. But, you know, like 2020 and 2021, it really looked like they put the pedal to the metal. And like, because I, dude, I, in 2019... I kind of took a sabbatical of the conspiracy research for about eight, nine months to write my book. So I was immersed, like I'm talking 12, 14 hours a day at the computer every single day for like almost every single day for eight months. So I was super immersed and I published it right in the middle of February when the lockdown shit happened. So we heard once or twice about this uh, COVID stuff and me and my wife were like, ah, another hoax, another BS, a lot of BS completely caught flat-footed, completely unaware by it. And then I got back into the research after I published the book. And I was like, fuck, back in 2019, when I was doing this stuff full-time, I I could see the plan laid out, including the transhumanist agenda. But I was like, ah, you know what? This is going to take, this is, like you say, a slow game, a hundred years. They've been doing this for hundreds of years, socially engineering society and you know, installing, you know, con- their tentacles in every government and whatever else. Um, but the 2021 and two, 2020, 21, really, I was like, what the fuck? And at this, if that's the pace they're going to keep, like, Jesus fucking, but we have to really buckle up. But 
we know that millionaires don't study astrology billionaires do you know so whatever they're doing it's it's really um driven in many ways by some astrological stuff that i personally don't understand well but other smarter people that are into it that i've listened to are talking about and you know there's like this 19 year cycle as well and if you look back from from uh the covid stuff back 19 years was 2001 when the um, the um 911 stuff happened so there's certainly so one dude i follow he says that there's going to be a massive push and they have until about 25 26 that's when this kind of window of opportunity in a way closes because it's like it's so cyclical with the stars so that they have to whatever agendas <clears throat> they they have uh f- for the next four or five years they they're gonna like accelerate because it's like um the to- the, like david ike says the totalitarian tiptoe it's a few steps forward one step back as we know you know like oh everybody's gonna have to have a you know 16 fucking super boosters and and the pass and then they're like okay nope we don't need the pass and now you don't need the vaccination status to, to travel you know so it's like a few steps forward or a bunch of steps forward now a couple of steps back and then it's like like allow and let let let, let the plebs fucking start planning their holidays again and then boom ukraine and now the ukraine stuff has died down now a couple of months of now the stock markets are going up right ah everybody loves the stock markets going up like completely now everybody's going to start feeling rich and then bam right when you least expected again another yeah. thing so for me, I'm I'm so dude. I have such PTSD from this shit that I got a new red light therapy lamp. So I'm, I got this one, and it all the shuts off after 20 minutes, right? So I'm there, got basking in the beautiful red light, healing red light, and then 20 minutes it stops. And for the first few months of using this lamp, it would stop. And I'll be like, "Fuck! Is the electricity stopping? Is 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 this the great reset? Is you know what I mean? This is how much, how fucking, like imagine how traumatized we all are, you know, in in our own different ways." But um, yeah, yeah absolutely, my friend, and uh, I just don't personally because everything has to go. Like if their plans come to fruition, it all has to come crumbling down. Like buildings have to go. Uh, the structure of the way that we've been living for the past hundred years has to go. And that's going to take some time to rebuild. You know, they're, they're, they're just not going to have, cause I'm expecting all out chaos. That's the only way that, that they can do it and get away with it is by making us think that it's our, our idea to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's how COVID was gotten away with. Yeah. It was our our idea by throwing propaganda at us 24-7 and talking about how many people have died and how many people are infected, how many people are sick, how the hospitals are overrun. And people are like, oh, shit, I better lock down in my house for two weeks. I better just play it safe. Yeah. You know, that's the way that they're going to continue to do it. And I'm, I'm looking for a all out war and an all out destruction of everything that we know it all has to kind of burn to the ground and that's what i'm talking about in 
is what we get whenever we rebuild. Like, who's going to be rebuilding that? Are we going to be rebuilding it? Or are there going to be a, a, a replacement for the structure that's already been here that's going to rebuild it in their image? That's the choice that we make right then and there. That's the, that's the fork in the road there. Yeah. How do we rebuild society after it has collapsed? Because it has to collapse. That is the only way we get this new world order agenda 21 agenda 2030 reality that they want. And it's the only way that we get our reality, this golden age of reality, um, that's beneficial for everyone. Either way, it all has to come down. You can't build something new that's beneficial for everyone on the planet with old ways. Yeah. It doesn't work. You can't do it. You can't just keep all this bullshit, corruption, nonsense, school systems, governmental programs, the healthcare model that we've been working with and using for this entire time into something beneficial for everyone. You just can't. Oh, that's got to go. It has to. Because all of it's been corrupted. The education system, the health, the sick care system. It's not a healthcare system. The monetary system, like the whole paradigm of fucking the this inflationary monetary system is a scam of the, like you said it yourself this 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 is the biggest thing that has enslaved us we're in fact in fact when you think about it that the, there's very little left of of the plan the plan has actually been fucking accomplished it's it's just now the the veneer, the finishing touches. When you think about it, we're dead slaves. Who who owns their home? Who who doesn't have a mortgage crippling debt in the states? We know the, the debt levels in the states, but same in Western Europe. And never mind. Like if you talk about Africa, uh, those people. Uh, sorry, excuse the the statement. It's an Irish from from Ireland. They say they don't got a pot to piss in, kind of thing. Yeah. So. Uh, half of us don't have a pot to piss in. The other half are have uh, fucking. It's like, do you want chains of iron or chains of gold? As Michael Tassarian says. So in the Western world, you're like, give me chains of gold, and I'll keep my. I'll, I'll be a quiet little fucking slave. Stay in my. I'll drive my S class. Uh, I'll you know have my f- two story four bedroom house that I'm gonna pay mortgage death fucking contract. Uh, and the, in the UK now, they're considering or talking about having mortgages that you can pass on to your children because people can't afford houses. So just like slowly creeping back into proper feudalism, that kind of way, you know, like because they wanted feudalism. The plebs revolted. So, oh, yeah, democracy, you guys are in control now. So it's like, a, nah, but like, OK, they've had enough democracy. They've had enough freedom. It's time to you know, put the hooks back in and start reeling, reeling the fucking fishies back in, <laughs> you know, it's the man, you know what? I think, bro, it's 10 PM here. My time. I think we could talk for hours and I love it, but, uh, we might have to go for round two with you, my brother, because, um, we've been gone for a while. I think before we go, unless you have any closing statements, please tell us uh, where folks yeah. can find you. 
Yeah, I would love to come back on, my friend. I appreciate you. And uh, we'll leave this on a, a cliffhanger here, and we'll talk about it the next time I come yeah. on, which is what did these ancient societies use as monetary value? Hmm. What did they use in order to build these giant structures? Hmm. What kind of payment system did the Egyptians use to build the Great Pyramid of Giza? What payment system did people get to build these giant cathedrals with all this amazing artwork? Yeah, bro. Fascinating topics. Um, so you can find me on YouTube at Raised by Giants. I produce and put out two videos a week, one on uh, Tuesdays and one on Fridays. You can also catch my premium content on Rockfin at Raised by Giants and all of the different podcast platforms too, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, uh, Amazon Music, any of those places. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find my show on. It's just Raised by Giants. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Raised by Giants 8 and on Instagram at Raised by Giants Pod. Thanks so much, brother. appreciate you. Fascinating conversation. I really enjoyed it. I love how we're ending on one hour and 44 minutes. What 144 has a great significance. And I've been seeing 144 for the last three years everywhere. Amazing. And it's 144, 14 now. Okay, anyway, better stop it. Ryder Lee, thank you so much for coming on, bro.